Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Comic Talk, the podcast. My name is Jesse Rivera. Today is Monday, August the 31st. Goddamn, August is a long-ass month, dude. 31 days? Because we have like two months back-to-back with 31 days, right? Like July and August. Those two extra days are just like tremendous. Like, But I think everything is tremendous right now in this in these unprecedented times that we're living in. I won't go into that. Anyway, today on the podcast, episode 68 of Comic Talk, the podcast, back in the podcast studio, not even in the podcast studio, I don't know why I'm saying that, but back on the podcast for like the second or third time, Miss Alicia Davis, and she is here to tell us all about love horrors. You should check them out. They are on YouTube. They're on Instagram. They're on all the social medias. Love Horrors is a sketch comedy team comprised of Alicia Davis, Emily Peterson, and Morgan Anderson, and in the early episodes, uh, Carolyn Martin. But I believe in the last two episodes, they have been sans Carolyn, and they have been plus Morgan Anderson. So, um, which I I think, like, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, like, Okay, had Love Horrors been all four of them, that's just too much power in one crew. So that Carolyn has kind of like moved on and is like not part of Love Horrors right now. And Morgan has come in her place. I think it's only fair because like I said, all four of them on one team, that's just not fair. Okay, but anyway, Love Horrors is on episode five. Alicia Davis is back on the comedy scene. Like, comedy's starting to pick back up a little bit. Uh, Laughs Unlimited is doing something really awesome. Uh, A lot of other shows going on. Marcus Mangum continuously selling out the Pink Martini. Um, I heard they had a great night over there the other night. And, you know, so some open mics are starting to come back. And they're social distancing. They're doing it the right way, the responsible way. The Zoom mics are going and everybody is like you know maybe like a month or two ago like everyone was just like restless and like frustrated but now it's like we're like we're learning how to live with this right we're learning how to be careful and we're learning how to just take care of ourselves and we're finding ways to make room in our life for things that are really important to us and to a lot of us that's comedy right so we're finding ways to make it happen to make it safe and to keep pushing forward and that's really like kind of like the theme with love horrors because um they were only on the stage and then when covid hit and everybody had to get off the stage they found a way to make it keep going but i'll let alicia tell you all about that okay um i hope you're well i'm well uh this weekend was record store day so I spent all weekend just, uh, well, first I went to record store day at my favorite record store, Phono Select on Fruit Ridge, and they had to do it differently this year because, like, normally record store day, just, like, this mob of people just, like, runs into the store and just, like, like, I mean, they're civil, right, but it's, it's a lot of people and it's just not comfortable and people stand in line for hours at a time and, like, I'm too old for that shit, right? But this year, because of social distancing, they had, like, you had a, a, a prearranged time that you were allowed to go shop, and there was only six people allowed in the store at once. 
I was lucky enough to be part in the second group, but even being part of the second group, there was four records I really wanted. There was a, a Charlie Parker, a Thelonious Monk, a Billie Eilish, and a The Cure. What are they The Curing? I don't know, right? Anyway, the Billie Eilish I was pretty sure I was going to get because there was 17,000 copies. Like That's the most amount of anything that they've ever put out for Record Store Day. Pretty sure I was going to get that. I was hoping I'd get the cure, and I knew the jazz ones were going to be tough, and that's exactly how it went. The jazz records, they said they only got like one copy of each, and they were first, they were gone, but I did score the cure. I did score Billie Eilish, and what I ended up getting instead of the jazz records, I got a New Order and a Black Crows, and the Black Crows is super good. It's like a record from 2001 called Lions. And I listened to it today, and it's super good. The Billie Eilish is amazing. The Billie Eilish was recorded at uh, Jack White's studio. Like, it got recorded, like, straight to vinyl, and it's a crazy process. But anyway, you didn't come here to listen about records. But I just had to talk about what a great weekend I had uh, buying records at Record Store Day, going to, a uh, like, a garage sale with uh, Tina San Lucas, and uh, just rummaging around and finding <laughs> some gems uh, out in Rancho Cordova and uh, just hanging out and having a good time making the best of it so let's make the best of it let's keep it going have a great day enjoy episode number 68 of Comic Talk the podcast with my guest Alicia Davis oh I gotta tell you something about the 23 minute mark uh, if you watch this on YouTube okay so this is also on YouTube, so you can just search Comic Talk on YouTube. But at about the 23-minute mark, uh, which I guess with this intro is really like the 28-minute mark, 29-minute mark, maybe 30-minute mark by the time I shut up, um, we talk about previewing a clip from Love Horrors. But you obviously can't watch that on audio, so I cut that out of the audio. So you're going to hear me and Alicia talk about an upcoming clip that we're going to play and then it immediately goes into us just talking about recording uh on a day and you're going to be like where's the clip well if you want to see the clip go to love horrors on youtube or just watch this on youtube comic talk so you got no excuse to say oh, i couldn't find it you can find it okay google learn it anyway without further ado here is episode 68 of Comic Talk, the podcast with my guest, Miss Alicia Davis. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Alicia Davis, how the hell are you? Hey, Jesse. I'm good. Good to see you. Good. Like, most everybody that, that, I'm, that I'm talking to that I've been uh, uh, recording lately, um, I haven't seen them like in months and months, but you're like part of like my little, what we like to call our quarantine, right? Yeah. Like uh, the, 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 uh, the select few who I trust <laughs> are doing their best. And so like, I don't mind hanging out with you every once in a while. So I've seen you a few times in the last couple of months, but it's, it's always so nice to see you because we kind of started comedy at the same time. Yeah, we did. We started in our class. I know I'm glad that we're, we're still in the, the bubble of safety, so it's nice that we get to see each other. Oh, I like it, the ball of safety. <laughs> uh-huh. 
yeah, I know we, it, I think it's been two years now. Was it two years since our It's going to be, yeah, I think it was like right about this time. I think the class started like the first week of September. Yeah. Because uh, I want to say that like September 30th is like the day that I, that I did my first set at uh, the comedy spot. Like I had done like two sets because my class was four weeks long. Um, I had done two sets in class and then I knew we were two weeks away from the, the performance, which would have been at the comedy spot. And I didn't want that to be my first time at the comedy spot. So I went like a week before the graduation performance. And uh, did you, I can't believe how nervous I used to get, like being on stage. Did you get nervous at first? Oh my gosh, totally. And I still do. Like really? I, it still gets me really stressed out. And I, um, I have to like do a lot of deep breathing and do the like <sighs> Superman pose before like take up as much space as you possibly can. Uh -huh. Why it just, it gets me stressed. But after you get, after just starting, um, as long as my mind doesn't start to wander when I'm talking, I can maintain a cool miss. But if I start thinking about stuff, I need to like consciously say like, knock it the fuck off, Alicia, or you're gonna like blank out and forget something. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I, so yeah, I still do, yeah, I still get stressed out about sets, but I remember like my knees would just start shaking, like, and it, it really felt that like my knees were going like this, like that's what it felt like to me, like those first handful of times. and. Like you said, yeah, now I, I have to get, I do get stressed, but I don't get like to where like I'm shaking, scared. Yeah. Um, that's some, that's some primitive fear, man. <laughs> that well, first... It's, it's good. I mean, now I'm happier. I think when I was very first starting, I like was like consciously made the decision. Oh, I won't drink uh, before doing this. Cause I don't want it to become like, um, a crutch mm -hmm. to where it's like giving me the confidence and then I am just attributing any sort of uh, success or good good times to like having a buzz going you know right uh, but then when I uh, when I start going more frequently and it kind of did happen where it was like oh we're gonna turn this into social time too you know like that that was what after that I was getting that like false confidence. And that's when I was like, okay, I've got to stop drinking before doing this because it's, it's not helping. I think it's like hurting me in the end. Yeah. You know, when I, when I first started doing comedy, I still, I would have a beer or two before yeah. the set, but now, and I was slow. Like I already wasn't like a big drinker at that point. Um, but I, I was able to tell like the little difference it was it was making me have like um, and it wasn't helping me. So then like doing comedy really was one of the things that just made me make up my mind of like, OK, I guess I'm not a drinker anymore. You yeah, know? it helped me, too. It definitely helped. I noticed when um, I because I think for like I'd say a good year and a half, I or no, about a year, a good year, I was like 
giving it a go. I'm still like drinking and doing uh, sets and stuff. But even in retrospect, like I see how I was laughing at my own jokes a lot harder than I probably should have. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, just having, uh, just being way more relaxed about it. I'm sure I was saying, um, like every three words now you know now it's easier to sort of it's almost like you have to watch yourself from this outside camera to keep all of the ums suppressed and just stay on track yeah yeah a lot of people still talk about how they uh how um i think it was robert amoto who said that at first he 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 recorded the audio of his sets and he would listen to the audio but then he got to where he likes recording the video because like once he broke himself of the um, um, then he <laughs> noticed he was doing things like sticking his hands in his pockets or like uh, fidgeting with the microphone cord. I have a thing about like I have a thing about like rolling up the microphone cord like I'm getting ready to strangle somebody. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, uh, uh, Chris, Chris Smith pointed that out to me one night. He's like, man, dude, it looked like you were getting ready to strangle somebody with that microphone cord. And I was like, oh, shit, is that the impression I'm giving off of here? Like, so I try, I try to not do that anymore. But, <laughs> um, and it, it also, um, I, I, can't, I can't get high before I do a set either because then my mind just wanders. And, and like you said, like, I'm laughing at my own <laughs> I'll start laughing before I even finish the jokes. I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are going to love this one. Like, yeah, I think I had a gummy one time with Emily, uh, Emily Peterson, we went, we went to an open mic, oh, Vince's, okay? okay, and I had a gummy before that, and that was like, I got on stage, and all of a sudden, I felt like the nervousness, like, I hadn't felt that until, like, like, unless, it reminded me of when I had to do, like, public speaking assignments in, like, high school and college, like, I was just like, oh, this is fucking horrible. I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> Man, um, you, you recently got to do a set at a real comedy club. Oh, I know. So after six months off, so I think. Has it been that long? Yeah, it was that long because, wait, maybe it was five. I thought it was six, but when I counted. So it was the beginning of March. Okay. And uh, that was the last one I did. It was crazy too, because it felt like um, I'd really built up, uh, built up a good set, and was starting to get all this momentum. And that month was the first time I got booked at the uh, Sacramento Punchline, and then yeah. I ended up, uh, ended up having two more bookings that month at the Sacramento Punchline, and it was crazy. It was like, oh my gosh, we're getting all that steam. It's it's exciting. And ended up getting to do two of those shows, and then um, everything just stopped. So it was like, whatever. But the the show we did on Tuesday night in Bonard Park, it felt so good. It just was like amazing to get out there and uh, get to do a set. Was it so? Was it like riding a bike? Did did it did did you do you feel like you picked up right? Because did you were you able to do like any open mics before this? No, so I uh, nope, I wasn't. But see, when we had that brief opening, 
uh, in July or June to July. Yeah. I was booked on a show that uh, comedy congregation, you know. And, oh, that's right, right. Yeah, and that was going to happen in July. But what happened was that day, uh, the governor shut everything down. So it right. was like, it was two o'clock that day. And I was like, oh, well, that's not happening. But I had spent you know, week before that, completely obsessing over it and, and uh, practicing. So the like three or four days before this show on Tuesday, when I was running through it, it wasn't like I hadn't thought about it for six months. Like I had practiced it for a week in July. Okay, I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. And what did what did you do? Did you do new material? Or did you did you stick with what got you here? And did you? What well, was that like? I built off of it. So I I was I did a fifteen minutes, which was the what? first time fifteen. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it was cool. I took my um, my regular ten that I built, and then I put in. You were in the class. So when we did the storytelling at um, the Punchline, Johnny's class. Yes. Uh, uh, at the Punchline. And then I wrote the set for Love, my Love Horse set that where I talk about um, walking in on my parents having sex. Uh-huh. My favorite movie being Pretty Woman when I was a little kid. And then I sort of inserted, took five minutes from that set and put it in my my like set 10 that I already had, and uh-huh. it, it flowed well, too. It went well. Oh, that's great. That's great. 15, I mean, I remember the first time uh, Tina San Lucas let me headline uh, the first Dope Room show. And, <laughs> I was there. And fucking 15 minutes, like, it was like everything I had. Like, I was, like, going through my notebooks, like, oh, fuck, this is 30 seconds. All right, this is. Jesse, and, I think you were up there for ages. Like, I think Tina, by that point, got was like high and running around like just chatting, chatting, chatting it up with everybody. I'm like, I don't think Tina's ever gonna give Jesse the light here. <laughs> but it I think it came in just under 15 minutes. I, I have it recorded and uh it came in just under 15 minutes, but um yeah it sucked in March when they shut everything down because I I felt the same way that you felt of like um this is really going good. And like, you know, we were picking up shows and we did punchline and I was about to do SF punchline and we just had a really good momentum. We had just come back from, uh, 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 that show in Chico where, uh, Oh yes. Where we had, we got to open for, uh, for, uh, uh Johnny and Keith. Yeah. And, uh, man, that, that, that night was pro- that drive to Chico being in Chico, the set, that was probably my funnest night in comedy, like right there, like, like you killed that night. You killed so hard. That was awesome. You know what? I'll never forget about that night because you know, how, like when you're having a great set, you know, when you're having a horrible set, you you know you're having a horrible set. You're like, well, let me try this, and they're like not laughing at anything. Like that night, like about I don't know, maybe like a minute and thirty into it, I was like, I think I'm having a good set. I think I'm having a good set. <laughs> And then, like, it just, like, I walked off and I was like, I think I had a really good set. Like, I felt good about the set. But I'll never forget, like, I walked off and I went back to where we were. And fucking Johnny Taylor, like, hugged me like I had just hit a home run. And he's just like, 
He put his arm around me. He's like, dude, you fucking killed. And, um, and then Tina told me that during my set that he walked over to her and said, Jesse's fucking warming these motherfuckers up for you. Like he was like, you know, he, he's been in the game so long. Like he, like, you know, when, like I've watched baseball so long and I've watched football so long, like you can tell when something good is happening, you know, and I'm like, Oh, yeah, having John. The coach, the coach who's like, yeah. <laughs> I was so happy that I made Coach proud that day. <laughs> like, it was just, it was a great set. It was a great set. It was a great night. And having Johnny in our corner early, like, really helped give me a lot of confidence, you know? Yeah. Um, because his feedback is so genuine, you know? Yeah. And it's like um, such smart comedy. Like, I love the storytelling format and then so it's yeah you're right it's just it was such a I don't know blessing <laughs> yeah yeah was it, um how did you how'd you deal with uh that just being taken away all of a sudden um no. or is it what no okay here's here's one thing I want to ask you okay is it different for a mom because like comedy got taken away from me and like that's it like that's what I had like I have my dog my job and comedy right yeah. And it got taken away from me. And just all of a sudden, I just like, I told you, I was going here. And when it got taken away, I just went, wham, right? But do moms just not have time to to, to let that, like, that negativity get a hold of them? Or, or how did you, how did you handle that? Well, I think I, Jesse, I still have been the most committed uh, TV watcher this past six months. It is unreal. I've seen every show um, on Netflix, um, Hulu, Amazon Prime. <laughs> so uh, that was uh, a lot of help. But yeah, I had my kids. They, when I'm not doing that, I also have to take care of my kids. And um, <clears throat> But they go to their dads almost half the week. Oh, okay. So during that time, that's when I really get to binge watch a lot of TV and... Um, I guess I wasn't, you know, it almost makes it hard to want to write a lot too, because even when I go back and look at like my, cause now I probably have like two journals from the last six months mm -hmm. and um, just all the little notes that are made like, oh, this could be something funny. Like this could be turned into a joke, like not having the opportunity to uh, go to an open mic, I guess. At, like within the certain window of time after writing that note that sucks because it kind of feels like a lot of like missed opportunities there to turn yeah. it into like a real joke um but not just oh and we we um so love whores we oh yes and, yeah so i was able to then put a lot of a lot of energy into love whores which kind of so we, right before the shutdown, uh, we had a live show that was scheduled at the comedy spot and um, that got canceled. And once it became very clear that that was not coming back, we decided that we would record our sets because we had this I, like vision of the show being um, the core, uh, like the core members writing basically like a new um, seven to 10 minutes every time we'd have the show. And it would be love, relationship, 
family, whatever related, you know? And so we all had these sets that we had written. And so we just decided to record them. And uh, that's when we put out the first episode of the first webisode of Love Horrors. Okay. So let's, let's catch people up really quick. So Love Horrors, Horrors, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> such a great play on words. I'm a Love Horrors cat back there. Look. Uh, yeah, um, Love Horrors started off as it was just like a, a stand-up show, and the theme for the comics was sharing their horrific love stories. Right? You yeah. guys think you guys called yourselves love addicts, and yeah, uh, this time it's about me or something like that, right? Yes. And so, and uh, the first Love Horrors show was like you, Emily, Emily Peterson, uh, Carolyn Martin. Yeah. Was it just yeah. three? Just us three. And when was that first show? Was that like in uh, November, December? I think it was in February. Oh, it was in February. Because it was right around Valentine's Day, huh? Yeah. 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 Yes. And then we had the next one scheduled for March. Wow. So it was just a baby when when you yeah. guys got stopped. When, when you started Love Horrors, had you envisioned it to be what it has morphed into? No, not at all. Like, because um, not at all, because see, Jesse, I am not like an actress or have that kind of like background at all. And like sketch comedy, I still, I still feel like, okay, um, I am the weakest link here. <laughs> Stop it. But I think we all do that to ourselves. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So now that it's, it's sort of transformed into sketch uh, sketch, mostly sketch comedy. Believe me, I'm trying to like hold on to having like a stand-up element to it. And I think that we can accomplish that with like um, sort of the quirky little cartoons that we can write or um, even the, the Emily's Playmation, you know, where, um, where it's like you're telling a story and then you just have the pictures kind of yeah story. yeah you don't have to do this because sketch is really like hard to uh i think it's really hard to make it like knock you over funny like i, I love kate mckinnon like she is probably yes, i most, love her yeah she's my favorite person to watch i'll watch her in anything um but i mean she blows me away it's like I don't even know how they come up with this stuff. You know, it's a lot of, but I think even with like, so what we have to remind ourselves, like when we are just in awe of people like Kate McKinnon and uh, Kristen Wiig and uh, Tina Fey, is that it's a lot of trial and error, right? And we're seeing like the, the years and years and years of failures, the, we're seeing the, the best of that, you know? Yeah. So, we have to remember that that like we're gonna we're gonna miss a lot of shots we take, um, yeah. but some of the stuff is gonna land and some of the stuff is gonna be gold. And I absolutely have loved. I've looked forward to every new love horrors, like with like like I I I'm a fanboy like from the beginning. Like you you know how I am, right? Like I latch onto something like I want to know everything about it. It takes everything I have 
to not ask Emily every day, when's the next love horse coming out? When's the next love horse coming out? When is it coming? Can I take a, what, what do you got? What, like, I want to like know everything. And like, I can't wait to like, every time I know you guys are close to finishing an episode, I'm like, like, I want to ask her, I don't want to like bug <laughs> like every day. Um, we meet on Tuesday nights. So it's cool. We've written, we've, uh, it's, We've written two new sketches. We want to focus on our next episode being like Halloween themed. And um, so the next two sketches are funny. She can let you see the scripts for those. <laughs> okay, so what we're gonna do right now is uh, we have a Love Horrors sketch queued up over here on the second monitor. I'm gonna share the screen and we're gonna watch it. And this this is the opening sketch of Love Horrors episode five. Can you yeah. believe we're already on episode five? No, no, <laughs> no, I can't. And th this episode, I love, I love this episode. This one was all sketch, um, but this first clip is just hilarious. So, so for background on it, we're gonna watch the the uh, Vajudo uh, sketch, which was a concept that uh, Emily came up with after she heard some hilarious interview on NPR. And then um, I think it was Morgan came up with the idea. So also backtracking, Carolyn is not doing Love Horse anymore just because she's had to move. And um, uh, but it actually co it coincided at the same time that Morgan uh, Anderson joined the group, and so um, we're really happy that that Morgan's part of the team too. It's it's amazing. I freaking love Morgan. She's amazing. Yeah. I love all of you. Like how well, how well you guys uh, uh, complement each other. You know, like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and it's a great, it's a great mixture. But yeah. okay, let's let's because I want to just keep talking about Morgan now. Um, <laughs> so Morgan came up with the idea you're going to see in the sketch of the Jeep, and right when she said uh, this, right when she came up with this idea, we were all like, "Oh, this is brilliant." Okay, so, so let's uh, let's uh, let's cue this up here. Uh, and then that was okay. I stopped sharing, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, and then that goes into uh, the uh, uh, baby shower sketch. Yeah, guys, baby shower, which was hilarious. That like, was so. There was what was so much fun about that day was that like that was like the first time in months that I hung out with people. You know, yeah. aside from you and, and, and the, the little core group. So, like, that was the first time I'd seen Buddy. That was the first time I'd seen Mark. It was, it was great. It was great. Um, I think that was the first time Mark had been out in five months. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. And you know what? Um, at the end of that day, I told Emily, like, I was exhausted. Like, yeah. I hadn't had that much stimuli. <laughs> like, because, <laughs> like, like, here at home, it's like, the two dogs and Emily, you know, and then, and that's it. And, you know, the dogs don't talk back. <laughs> obviously. Um, you know, that there's, there's so many things I, I loved in episode, so many subtle things that I loved in episode five. Um, two of them I'm going to point out. Uh, one was, um, I don't remember the name of the sketch, but the sketch ends with um, Morgan in a bathtub trying to like, look really cool to take a sip of her glass of wine and she makes it like super awkward because she can't like 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. The yeah. Re reverse Viagra. Oh my God. That, that was super funny. Just that, that whole sequence. she's like in effervescence. <laughs> the, the whole sequence of her trying to, to look cool, sipping the wine was hilarious. And then another sketch, um, it cracked me up at, I think you, you're playing yourself as a little kid and, um, the Eminem poster on the wall. <laughs> yeah. I was cracking up at the fucking Eminem poster on the wall. I was like, who the... You know, I was uh, madly in love with him. When were I was... you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yes. was that, were you like full on teenage Alicia Davis at that point? Was that, or were you high school? Where were you? College? Uh, so that story is probably uh, from when I was like, maybe like 18 or 19. Yeah. So, but no, my freshman year of college, I did have two Eminem posters plastered up on my wall that I would, you know, I, I don't even know, fantasize about marrying Eminem. <laughs> did you want to marry him and go back to Detroit? Was that the life you wanted? <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't, what the, I don't know, man. Like, I would be so happy in Detroit. <laughs> I was like, there's something about him. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's awesome. I I, I love Eminem uh, still to this day. Like, um, any any new Eminem album is a mandatory listen. And yeah, I mandatory have to listen to it. Um, but what I what I find myself with rap these days is that um, I'm not that angry anymore. You know, um, but and then is then that's the same thing with me with like. Like I loved Nine Inch Nails, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not, I'm not that angry anymore. Same thing with like Rage Against the Machine. Like I, I had that time in my life where like, oh, this is this is exactly how I feel. But like I, I've kind of moved out of that. Like I still have the stuff, but like I said, like the Eminem still mandatory spin as soon as it comes out, and uh, he just keeps getting better and better. Like his his writing and and uh his technique like he's he's amazing yeah and i bet a lot of it had to do with that too just being like feeling really kind of like wayward and um being able to identify with that like anger mm -hmm. and it was probably a vessel for that yeah yeah what are you listening to these days oh my gosh i just am obsessed with l king really yeah. No, I don't know who that is. Tell me a little bit about El King. Uh, so uh, I'm going to send you. Well, in it, funnily, funny enough, um, she is Rob Schneider's daughter, which is probably like not the way. What? Rob Schneider? Yeah. And after I found that out, I was like, oh, they do. They kind of look the same. Uh -huh. Are you Googling her now? No, I was trying to take uh, uh, Love Horrors off of my main screen over here. <laughs> So what she, trying to do, yeah. Like an indie rock, um, but she does have pop. She does have a, a, a quite a few pop songs that, if you heard it, you'd be like, "Oh, I know this song." Um, oh, okay. but, but she's got a lot of indie rock that's really um, kind of like Janis Joplin-y um, or uh, Fleetwood Mac. Like it's. Oh, I like that. I like. She's so thirty. Good. She's thirty-one years old. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. 
Wow, yes. Rob Schneider has a daughter that's 31. And she is crazy. Like when you hear her voice, you're gonna be knocked off your feet. Okay, okay. I'm gonna yeah. have to check out some El King. Um, I'm, uh, I really loved uh, the new Alanis Morissette record. It's so good. Oh, I gotta hear it. I yeah, it's, hear it. it's super good. And um, I can't think of anything new or that that I've been that I've been listening to. Like I listen to the same. I I listen to like the same fifty artists just my whole life over and over and over. And so to to like listen to something new, it like takes like an act of Congress to like make me actually sit down and, and try something new. But same. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very uh, particular. Um, I was uh so going back to uh love horrors what's uh what 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 are you looking forward to most about that right now like like I said I look forward to everything you guys are doing and I and I I I love that it's month almost it's almost monthly right it, yeah we're kind of yes it is almost monthly what I'm looking forward to so like our our objectives here would probably be to uh, make really short, short, concise uh, sketches, try and get episodes between um, 11 and 15 minutes, really 15 being the tops. We, we do not, like none of us are like in social media influences, influencers or have some type of following. So we need to, we're trying to figure out a marketing plan, like how are we going to get views on, um, views on, YouTube and I'm still kind of torn on that too. I'm like, should we just focus on Instagram being like our main vessel of people seeing these videos or, or what? And so it, I just, I don't know. You need like to go to Wharton business school to figure this shit out. And I'm thinking, but we're trialing airing it. So hopefully we get up. Uh, we get our viewership up that would be that's number one goal um i mean in addition to writing hilarious sketches yeah yeah you, you know I, I was talking to emily about that the other day because she was, she was mentioning like the the viewership and i was like you know what i think is like super important and super relevant that like when that viewership does like when you when you do hit like where you want to be at with like the amount of subscribers and the amount of views and the amount of followers you you already have because like somebody brand new follows you today there's already five episodes for them to look at right whereas they're not just going to come and have one thing and like you keep like i think like it's so like important that you guys just keep putting out the content that you guys are putting out and it's it's super funny and it's super good and you guys like get better and take more chances and get more innovative and get more confident with every episode. And I think like that's super important. And like, that's what you guys are doing right now and you're doing it right and you're doing it well, you know? So. Thanks. I want to keep it, keep it weird. Keep it kind of like quirky. I love like the, I just like, um, we got to, incorporate we got to try incorporate like a claymation or cartoon in, yeah in each episode because i just think that's like a nice yeah episode. you know uh We're about puppets puppets would be fun to do like, something with puppets you said like you know you want to keep it weird you want to keep it quirky and of course you want to keep it likable and when i think of alicia davis morgan anderson and emily peterson 
all I can think of is weird, quirky, and likable. Like, I, <laughs> I love you three so much, and I think you guys are weird, quirky, and super likable. So you, you, you have all the ingredients. That's great. That's great. <laughs> That's what we're striving for. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, where do you, have you envisioned, like, bringing it, okay, because, like, at the very first, like, Sacramento Comedy Spot was giving you guys a stage. You know, you guys, you guys did a show. They they invited you guys back for a second show. Um, you know, a year from now, when things pretty much are normal, how are you envisioning uh, a show at the comedy spot or or whatever stage? Right? Are you going to incorporate live and video? Yes, I think I think so. Um, we'll have um, so like when we can go back to doing live performances, we want to be able to do stand up and then drop a screen to show sketches. And then there's no, no like problem with like live performing, you know, act, you know, stage acting basically. I was like, that would be, that would be uh, hard cause it's not like improv because we're we like write scripts for this stuff. Yeah. 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 Had you written scripts before this, or did this get you to start writing scripts? Well, no, I... I You're I, a writer, right? From, like, yeah. when I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I still see you as a writer. Like, to me, you're a writer, you know? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm probably going to be more of a writer than I'll ever be of, of a sketch sketch actor <laughs> because you know it's that that's just really is um out of my wheelhouse even though i'm doing it uh you know i feel like i'm getting better and all that's that bs but you're, like, you're you're i'm not you're you're knocking out of the park you're, you're, you're at least hitting triples off the wall right now i'm telling you you're, okay. you're doing great you're doing great well i'm gonna stay committed to writing and uh, jesse i've had the chillest summer of my whole entire life okay like uh, my, I teach uh, at Sac State, right? And my summer school class got canceled. So um, I have been able to dedicate a lot of time uh, to Love Wars. And then also I was working on a, a screenplay that for an idea that I'd come up with and was able to spend a lot of time on that uh, this summer. But I do go back to school on Monday. So Monday, fall semester is starting. And I mean, I, I have put off all of my work until the last possible moment. You know, like I was writing syllabus last night, programming uh, assignments online. And like tomorrow we're doing a love horse shoot. So I've got to like record some class lectures tonight. And uh, I'm going from like zero to a hundred. But uh, I just know that like, December, mid-December, everything will be chill mode again for like another are, month and a half. Are you guys teaching online or are you back in the classroom with students? No, it's going to be all online. So, uh, do, I, you love, do you love online? I, I love working from home. I, <laughs> I hope I never have to go back into the office again. You might not have to. I mean, there are pros and cons, but it's hard to do it with the kids here. So I have to pre-record everything. And um, 
like I have to do a lot of that on weekends or late at night. But I agree. It's really nice. It is really nice to not to just like kind of wake up and drink coffee and like walk around your house with no stress. Yeah. I haven't put on a pair of jeans since March. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've worn basketball shorts since March. Yeah. It's been so casual and like, but I did, I had a lot of anxiety the last three days because I'm like, I'm going to get back to work. But I, I'm like, uh, I had a nightmare uh, the other night that I was walking in front of my class. I've never had a dream like this before, you know, where, funny you said no pants, where you uh, show up at some event and have no pants on. Uh-huh. But I was literally like standing in front of my classroom, writing on the board with absolutely no clothes on. And I was thinking to myself, like, why am I doing this? And my students were all being assholes to me. And then I like look over and the uh, this advisor professor who always reviews me. So they have people that sit in on your classes every once in a while. Right. Like, uh-huh. um, he was there and he was looking at me like, what the hell's going on? At one point I'm like, I better just put my clothes on. You know, I didn't think I'd like enough time. And he looked at me like, yeah, you think? <laughs> like I woke up after that and I'm like, I am panicked. And then I saw my parents yesterday and like the, the last people I should be around is my parents when I'm having like anxiety because I just project it all onto them. So oh. we're like, we're ordering um, ordering sandwiches at Roxy Deli in East Sac. And they're both acting like they've never ordered a sandwich before in their whole life and um, holding up the line. My kids and I are like one minute away from, from the deli, pulling our, the car up. And my mom's like, we're in line. Uh, do you know the menu? We're just gonna order for you. I'm like, can we just wait a minute? Like, I'm almost there. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people, uh, parents and family, uh, brings out the the worst of their anxiety um, because they're the root of it. But <laughs> I know, but then it's like it's real. It's like double shitty because they're like the most supportive and nicest people to you. Like they're the most forgiving people, and then you're like um, having no patience for them or like being short so I know it's I like afterwards after that I drove my kids up to Folsom and came home and fell asleep for two hours which is really like when you got a lot of shit to do taking a two-hour nap is probably not the smartest thing (laughs) I don't know though because sometimes um a nap will like sometimes like I'll start thinking like how much I have to do today and um and like me, once it hits like 10 o'clock, I'm done. Like I'm tired. I'm not, I'm not productive. I might be awake and in the room, but I'm not, you know, but yeah. sometimes a two hour nap can give me the boost I need to get to like 11 and midnight and still be functioning. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's really, it's all just crazy, but yeah, I love working from home. <laughs> oh my gosh. I do too. I really do. Yeah, it's it's the best, and like I've been able to, um, like, uh, just like how you said, let's just enjoy my cup of coffee. Like, yeah, I, I love being able to enjoy my cup of coffee and being able to like, like I just get up every day at nine thirty and make myself breakfast, and like, so I'm not like worried about like 
because like with me like I worry so much about everything I eat like I can't be like when I'm working like it's so much easier for me to say well I'll just swing by McDonald's on the way to work or yeah like I'll just like go over here to Starbucks and grab you know and then before I know it I spent a hundred dollars on eating out and like I feel like crap because I've been eating crap and um, yeah. this whole pandemic I've, I've been really good and and like I I don't want to go back to the office, but they just told us uh, last week that we're definitely working from home for the rest of the year. That's awesome. So I'm super excited about that. Um, yeah. Almost excited enough to forget that there's a freaking pandemic uh, outside, <laughs> you know, but uh, even with the pandemic, I've, I pretty much have my routine down to like, you know, I go shopping here and like, I'm not, I don't know. I'm, f- I'm fine with it right now. Oh, I, yeah, same. Like, I think when I have my kids over over the weekend, we maybe go to the grocery store one time, but we're in the house for, um, it'll be like five or six days straight, <laughs> straight, never leaving. Yeah. It's, you know what I was telling somebody, I wanted to ask you this. Um, so like I moved into my house like in October will be three years, right? Uh-huh. And uh, it's the first home I've owned, right? Had apartments before, had roommates before, lived at home before, of course. Um, it's my first home. And being home so much during the pandemic has really helped me like really like start like rearranging the living room and start like, like I finally feel like I live here. Like the house is like, like the house is like growing around me. Like I'm, I'm growing into it. Like, have you felt that? Have you felt more at home in your, because you're, you're home, you're recent in your house too, right? Not, not yeah. a super long time. No, we moved in um, like two years ago. So it was July, two years ago. Uh-huh. Same. Like I do notice when I like, I guess before when I'd move a lot, um, what's kind of nice about moving a lot is you never really have to deep clean anything, you know, it's like, but now I'm like, okay, like walls are dirty, kitchen cabinets are dirty. And I, I need to be better about that kind of stuff. I was looking at my walls the other day and I was like, maybe I need to paint the walls. (laughs) So I'm starting to, but you know who, who really um, sent me on this? Uh, I was at Tina San Lucas's house the other day. And uh, she was telling, she was telling me how um, how they made the decision when they bought that home that that they wanted it to feel like they were on vacation when they were in their house that they wanted it like because they spend they they knew they were going to spend so much time there like it was going to be their forever home that they wanted it to feel like a paradise you know yeah. and uh, I'm like you're absolutely right you know like I should really feel that way about my house too and. So I, I think I've, I've really been really, really enjoying my house the last two or three months. You're nesting. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. I'm nesting here. Me and my, me and my girls, Emily, like I was like, <laughs> dude, I have like three, it's Emily, Elsie and Penelope, all girls. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And yeah. they, they crack me up because like, uh, sometimes they'll, they'll walk back inside from like Emily will go outside and smoke a cigarette. And all three of them will go outside and they'll walk, all three of them will walk back in. And like, they all have like this little attitude. I'm like, yeah. 
girl gang. Yeah, they got they 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 definitely have a girl gang, and uh, but they haven't ganged up on me just yet. Um, everything's going great. I freaking oh my Emily moving in um, just really saved my sanity. Like I was absolutely going crazy by myself, and uh, and I'm so glad she moved in. She's been here like. I think three months now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because it was the beginning of July, I think. Or yes. wait. Was it, I think it was June? Yeah, it was June. It was June. It was like the middle. It was like the first or second week of June. Yeah. Oh, here comes the... <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I remember talking to you like a few months into the shelter in place and just thinking like, I should just go like sit on your front porch and we can like walk through your window screen. Oh God, did I sound that bad? Were you like, oh, poor Jesse's losing so it. I was just like blown away because even when, like I was talking to someone and they're like, they're like, oh, um, oh, oh, my ex-husband. He's like, oh, I'm just really glad to have uh, kids during this time because, um, I know a lot of people who are just not doing well. And I'm like, listen, it's not worth falling into this deepest dark depression over, you know, like, fuck, human beings are not wired to be locked up in isolation, you know, like our, our, our personal solitary confinement. So it's like after a certain point, and you don't want to get uh, too far gone to where it's hard to recognize like, oh, I'm feeling terribly depressed because I haven't seen anybody in a month and a half but um, I know it's just it's not it's not good at all to be completely cut off yeah yeah it, it was not I remember uh, I remember uh, one of, something that kind of kept me grounded too is uh, it was like the third week of the lockdown and uh, I hadn't like spoken to anybody um, huh. on the phone yes but like in like face to face right and yeah. um, my pesticide guy came over, right? And uh, I fucking went out there. I was like, "Hey, how's it going?" Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, he was like an older gentleman. And uh, I was like, "So, uh, how you dealing with the lockdown, man? Are, are you handling the isolation? Uh, you know, it's kind of crazy out there." He looked at me. He was like, "I grew up in Iraq. Uh, my family fled in the middle of the night." And I was like, "All right." It's <laughs> like. So, so We've definitely, there's definitely been harder times for humans than, than these three weeks that, you know, I haven't been able to go to clubs, so. No, it's the same situation with my um, next door neighbor. He's probably like 80 to 90 years old. I don't know, but I know whenever I run into him, it's a 15 minute conversation, you know, cause same thing, you know, he needs to talk to somebody and I was like, you know, sometimes I have to move real quick or like hide, but for the most part, I acknowledge that he has not talked to anybody probably in like four days. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let tell me the same stories over and over again. <laughs> oh, that's that's just that's just all us old guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, listen, Alicia, it's been really great uh, talking with you. Um, I'm super excited about uh, the next Love Horrors. Do you, do you have any idea when that will be out? September, October? Okay, let's see. I think it is. October. Yeah, probably October because you said you wanted to be yeah. like Halloween themed. 
Tomorrow's our first shoot day for the next episode. We've written two scripts and we've got our ideas for all of the rest of them. So I bet middle October. Right. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward to hanging out with you guys soon. We're going to have a birthday hang. Uh, I can't wait. Jeffy, your birthday. It's going to be so fun. I'm super excited. Uh, I'm not even sad that it's like, oh, you can't have a big party. I'm like, I'm cool with the three people that are coming over. Like, I agree. Like, I'm, I'm super, I'm super excited about about hanging out with you guys. Like I said, we got like our little quarantine that I feel super comfortable and safe with, and you know, we're in the backyard anyway. Um, but I think as soon as as soon as this stupid air clears up, yeah. uh, I'm pretty ready to start hitting that uh, open mic in the park and that. Um, and I even kind of wanted to go to Vince's last night, but the air quality got bad. Uh, Are they doing that just in the parking lot? Yeah, they're, they're, there's some pictures of it, and they're in the parking lot, you know? Okay. Uh, I was ready to go to Vince's last night, but that, like I said, the air quality just got bad, and I was like, the, you know, I waited this long. Yeah, I'll, I could wait two more weeks, but I've been, I've been writing, and, I, and I've got some ideas, and uh, I, I can't wait to try out some new stuff and uh plus it's like um it's probably better to be on the the second wave of people who go out and start hitting the clubs and stuff in case people do come down with the coronavirus yeah yeah definitely let them see like they're the test group (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 definitely uh, i don't mind playing it safe right now um but hey, man, thanks for. Sorry that I rescheduled on you. <laughs> when I realized, <laughs> when I realized today, we were, gonna sh- we were shooting for ten a.m. That yeah. was like crazy ambitious for a Saturday. Oh, no. I like doing stuff early because then I spend the rest of the day editing. Uh, but then I remember today was record store day, and uh, did you I get? Had a- to- I saw some pictures on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I got, uh, I got the, I got the Cure, Billie Eilish, uh, New Order. And the Black Crows, oh, cool. uh, and I already listened to the Billie Eilish like three times. It's so good, it's so good. I'm excited about it, and I got all my records in order. Um, like they're they're categorized and alphabetized. Um, I'm super <laughs> super excited for you guys to come over, and we're gonna hang out and uh, listen to records. And I hope are they still having the boxing match? I have no idea. Because that's how it all started, right? Like I told you, you guys to come over and watch the boxing match. But I I haven't even heard anything if it's still going to happen. But we're still going to get together. Oh, because Mike Tyson's coming back. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Let me see. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it real quick. I started doing. I started using the my work setup. Yeah, you need two screens. It's perfect. Yeah. uh, A frustrated Roy Jones Jr. might pull out of Tyson fight. That's three days ago. Uh, yes, Roy Jones Jr. was upset that his fight with Mike Tyson changed, but he is not backing out of bout. Oh, now the fight's November 28th. Oh. Well, I guess we're just going to hang out. <laughs> There's no boxing match then. Okay. All right. But well, that's, great. that's great. Now we don't have to watch TV. We could like just talk. Yeah. Now we can hang out outside. Yeah. All right. Alicia Davis, thank you for your time. Uh, Jesse. I, I will plug Love Horrors for you. Don't worry. They're going to know where to find you guys. Don't 
I, I always crack up like when I listen to a podcast and like people say, oh, like follow me on Instagram ad. I'm like, no one's writing this shit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And really, if you haven't figured Google out by now, <laughs> like you got other issues. So that's so true. I don't know. I love whores. Probably like the other night when we were in Ronald Park and she's like, give me like your bio or, you know, like the introduction. And I'm like, well, I also am doing this web series called Love Wars. And then I'm like, oh, how are people going to Google this? Like, yeah. I have to explain. Every time we have to explain, like, horrors. Um, but That's where you just got to hand out the stickers afterwards. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. So you just got to hand out the stickers afterwards. And so that way it's just plastered everywhere. Yeah. That's where- that's 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 my approach to it. Well, we got our T-shirts now too. Yeah, and you got your hats. I got my love horse cap right here. So. Oh, that looks great. This is such a great hat. Yeah, it is. I love it. I Emily love it. did all of the merchandising. She she did a great job. Yeah, and the logo by uh, Evan T. Lilly, who did. Um, uh huh. Yeah, and then the and then the shirts were printed by Sacramento May, who Sacramento May made this shirt that I'm wearing. Um, so I love those guys. Great people. That's Brad. Right. Awesome. Okay, Alicia. Well, thanks. And, uh, I will get in touch with you soon. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye.